So to get the perspective, not just from the artist side, but also from the production side, I'm really excited for this. We bring on uh, one of the hottest there is, Ninth Wonder. I want to talk to you because I've been on the other side of this coin in my career previously as a musician working with producers. How hard is it for you when you're producing so many different acts that all have their own personalities to figure out how to bring out the best in the act you're working with, but still bring your flavor to it? You know, it's funny because, you know, people kind of underestimate the the relationship between music and sports. And I've been watching, um, is me being a musician and me, you know, being in a band and all of that in high school and middle school. And then at the same time watching sports, you get to study the craft of both. And, you know, I look at myself no different than a college basketball coach. You have a coach that has you know, a certain system set in line, you know, like a Jim Bayheim who's always ran a 2-3 or, you know, if you play with Coach K, you have to learn to play man-to-man and things like that. But over the years, you know, for the the, the length of time that Jim has coached and the length of time that Coach K has coached and Roy Williams and all the other great coaches, you still meet a plethora of personalities over the years. We're not only talking about, you know, personalities right now. We're talking about how personalities have changed over generation. So, you kind of have to learn to adjust. It's kind of like duality of it. To be able to stay within the realm of yourself and your game of your ideology, but still learn other personalities and different personalities. And that's the way I look at it from producing artists. Like, I know what I want to do. I know what my sound is. I know, you know, where I'm trying to go with it. But still, I have to fit with this artist's temperament, this artist's message, this artist's brand. Like, I have to do that, but still stay myself. And so I took a lot of that, you know, ideology for just watching sports for a very long time. We watch a lot of sports, too. Like Wonder <laughs> just saying. But it's so funny because, you know, listen, anyone that knows really anything about hip-hop has heard your name for a long time. But there was a time where you were just, you know, Patrick from Midway, North Carolina. And then right. you get placed on the – you get placement on the Black Album. So, like, what does right. that call look like? And what was your initial reaction to finding out that you were going to be on a Jay-Z album in 2003? Oh, God. <laughs> um, you know, Jay wasn't on my my specific path. You know, everybody, when you first start out, you have a path of where you want to go and who, what you think your trajectory is. But somebody has a different plan for you, even when you're not suspect, suspecting it. So... Jay was not on my path. He was not on the person on my particular goal list at the time. And so here I am, you know, in the early 2000s, you know, waiting to work with a Common or Most Def or Quali or anybody from that side of, you know, things. Here comes, you know, Jay-Z talking about his, this is his last album, and he was going to get all the producers that he ever worked with and some new ones. And, and I was so far from thinking that would be me. You know, coming from North Carolina, you know, there's other producers. There's another producer that came in to work for Jay-Z, with Jay-Z for years. The Ski Beats worked with him for years from from Greensboro. So, but that was, you know, 96, 97, 98. Here I am thinking, you know, there's no way it can be me. And I got the call saying that he wanted to hear some beats from me. And I, I thought that was amazing because this is the beginning of putting music online on the internet where, you know, you know, music is everywhere on the net now, but in 2000, 2001, we were still trying to figure this thing out. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I had a few things on the net, you know, of course I'm one third of little brother. So, you know, I'm, that's out there and 
a time where you can't really track who's listening to your music. There's no such thing as a follower at this particular time. So, you know, the music got to him by the way of Young Guru and, and my man T. Smith, and and it just went from there. And next thing you know, I was in New York in a studio with a, 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 a guy that I thought I'd never be able to meet in my life. It was nuts. We're talking to Ninth Wonder, and I think that's kind of – it's interesting to me because you always hear about second record syndrome in pop and rock and country where you spend so long making your first record, then you get your second record and you say, how do I top it? I think in some genres you spend all this time trying to break through, then you break through and it sort of changes. You look around and you think, holy cow, now I can do whatever. How did your process change right. after that moment when you were in that holy cow, I can do whatever I want moment? Right. <laughs> you know, I really didn't realize that I can do whatever I wanted. And when I mean when I say I can do whatever I want, meaning that I don't have to change my sound. I don't have to change who I am as a producer. You know, most people get into the mainstream side of things and think I have to change this and I have to change that. Well, everybody knows me to stick to my guns. No matter if it's 2003 or 2018, I'm going to believe in the sound I'm going to believe in. And the person that helped me to really get me on that path and stay on that path was Beyonce. And that was um, the Destiny's Child record that I did in 2004. You know, being around her, you know, she said, you know, we we wanted you for you. We didn't want you for anybody else. We didn't want you to emulate anybody else's sound. We wanted you for you. And that told me this is the number one pop girl group in the world, like, telling me this. So they are telling me this. What's, what's the reason for me to change? And I kind of just took that as a, okay, I can do what I want, meaning I can still be myself, still be heard by millions of people, and I don't have to compromise who I am. So I kind of stuck with that. By the way, uh, Fitz, one of the songs that he did with Destiny's Child is Girl. And for us black ladies, like, whenever our girl's going through, like, an issue or a problem, that ends up being, like, we get our Ben and Jerry's, a tub of ice cream, and we put on Girl. <laughs> so that we get, I'm sure, Ninth Wonder, I'm sure you wait, know Wait, 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 you don't limit that to girls. It don't I feel li- girl. Oh, my gosh, that song is still, like, it's like, it's like our anthem, like, I, I feel you, girl, and I got your back. You know, it's crazy. I became, I did a streak of, Women empowerment records. I did Girl. I did She the Reason. Mm-hmm. I did Game Over for them. And then I did Good Woman Down for Mary J. Blige. And then I did Honey for Erica Badu. And I'm like, wow, I'm just doing a string of um, you know, records leaning towards independence and, and empowerment of women. By design? But it was dope. By design, or no, did it, you just stumble into that? By, it yeah. was not by design. It was it was who was reaching out to me and the subject matter of the record. So I, I you know, I didn't think that was a by by design type thing. I just thought I was making great records, and then I started to look back and listen back and put them all together, all of my R and B records that I did, and I'm like, wow, all of these records are women empowerment records. Well, and that's that's part of the interesting piece to go back to what you were talking about earlier. When I say, you know, you have that breakthrough moment, you can do anything. It's really about being able to be you as an artist or producer without compromise. As you've grown, now it's the opposite. People are are compromising to you essentially because they want what you are on a record. So how right. do you, how do you find a way to then keep them in their truth with what they're doing with you? You know, it's 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 crazy, man. You know, to believe that, you know, I'm, quote, unquote, an OG in this game now. I don't even look at myself as that because I feel like I have more work to do. But a lot of people have come to me now saying, yeah, I don't 
yeah, I, I don't want you to change what you're doing. I don't expect you to change because you're a ninth wonder. At first I was, you know, just Patrick Donald from Midway who changed his name to ninth wonder, and I'm just starting out. As opposed to now, it's like I'm coming to you to get the legendary sound. And, you know, it just it's just a testimony and staying to yourself, man, and keeping to yourself and, and, and keeping what you believe in in the forefront. Still adjusting to the times, but still not compromising what you've always believed in and being good music. And, and it feels good that I don't have to change. You certainly don't. And let me humble brag right quick for the people listening who aren't crazy familiar with Ninth Wonder. Um, Mary J. Blige and Destiny's Child and Jay-Z. We've already mentioned that, right? Wale, Drake, right. Chris Brown, J. Right. Cole, Kendrick Lamar, Erica Badu, Luda, Mac Miller, David Banner, mm. Lecrae, mm. Jill Scott, Big Boy, Anderson Pac and Rhapsody. And we're going to get to Rhapsody in just a second here. I'm kind of okay. shifting things and looking forward to Grammys. But I know this is so hard and it's got to be like choosing between your children. But if you had to do like a Mount Rushmore of Ninth Wonder produced songs, what are your your, your oh, personal favorites? God. I know. <laughs> um. Okay. okay. Um, Kendrick Lamar's Duckworth would definitely be up there. Mm-hmm. Um, because the way the song came out. The beats change three, four times. They're all my beats. I finish I finish the album on the original release and I start the album on the re release. Um and it's in itself an album of the year. So yeah, that threat would have to be one of them because it's my you know, stepping into the limelight, quote unquote, so to speak, record. Um Girls has to be up there because um me working with Destiny Child was a shock to everyone. Um, you know, that uh, kid that from North Carolina that made Underground Beast was supposed to work with the Destiny Child. But that fourth one is tough. Um, I mean, I'm going to say uh, Badu's Honey because um, at the time that was a, I won't necessarily call it a comeback record, but that was kind of a record that pushed her back into that spotlight, you know. And and I think those are the four I think that people know me for and, you know, always bring up when I meet them, I think. So let's go the opposite way. All right. I'm now I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to embarrass myself here before I set you up for this. Like there's the first record that I ever played on as a studio musician. I still own because it was the first time my name was ever in a record. I went and bought the CD. My name was in it. Billy Gilman's Christmas record. Oh, Not particularly okay. riveting stuff, but I still have it because I'm like, you know what, darn it. It's the first time my name was in something. Is there something that you have on your, in your legacy that you look at? You're like, maybe not the best moment, but that one still stands out to me because it was important in my process. Um, I think I get a, you know, the, the flack. I really don't look at anything I've done as not my best moment, but I think the record that caught me, I got the most flack from is when I did Bass for Your Face with Lil B the Bass God. I think that's the record that everybody's like, okay, knife, what are you doing? <laughs> and, you know, I didn't care. You know what I mean? I, I just thought it was a great record. I thought it was very dope. So I kind of just, you know, did my thing with it. But that's kind of a record like, okay, knife, what are you doing? You know, what's going on? Like, why are you working with Lil B the Bass God? He's going around cursing basketball players. What happened? <laughs> but it ended up being a great, you know, it ended up being a, a great record, man. And I learned a lot from working with little, a little B saying to myself that, you know, you can't judge a book by its cover. You know what I mean? Or nowadays the cover being Twitter. Like, you can't judge a person by what they tweet. It's, just, it's hard to do um, unless you're, you know, our commander in chief. So it's like you can't do that. 
you know. You, uh, and, by the way, you handled that far better. Flack is a far better word, and you made that correct, sound that much that classier great. than I did. That, that that's great. <laughs> and I got to say, ninth, based on the fact that that little B will uh, curse people, I thought the song was incredible. That was one of the greatest things you've ever Thanks. done. <laughs> Look, I want to, I do want to mention, cause I imagine that you've got, I, I know you've got a lot of babies that you're proud of in terms of your music, but you got to be so proud that your artist Rhapsody, um, has been mm-hmm. nominated for a couple of Grammys, including best mm-hmm. rap album for Layla's Wisdom and best rap song. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. like for her to kind of, and I know she's been doing music for you with you for a long time, but on the mainstream, this is really, was really kind of her introduction to the mainstream. Right. She's the only female right. in this category nominated. I mean, what was that like when you found out that, that people were, were really relating to her work to this level? I mean, I, you know, it, it meant a lot, you know, coming from the fact of I seeing firsthand, you know, you know, raps, raps career has been a testimony to me as a man to see the trials and tribulations for a woman to stick to her guns and stick to what she believes in and not compromise herself to make it whatever, whatever you want to call making it is, you know what I mean? Um, success is, um, is all relative, I think, you know, but in this, the music that we're in, the Grammys is the ultimate success. Even to even sit down and say you were nominated is the ultimate success. So to say that she did that without compromising herself, compromising her look, her sound and everything says a lot. I don't think people are talking about that enough, you know, um, and and to have somebody to partner up with a you know with a Jay Z to do so, you know, with my label Jamla to partner up with Jay Z to do so to say, you know, he's called a lot of flack over the years about how he's misogynist and he's this and he's that and he's whatever, but nobody's talking about the fact that he he signed the label with a young woman that decided to just lean strictly on her lyrics to make it. And he, without question, he signed it. And it's like, nobody's really talking about that either. So it's a whole lot of underlying, uh, victories and a whole lot of underlying things that we can just really like push to the forefront, uh, you know, that she really put her head down and really stuck to her guns and, and it's, and now it's payday. So. So I know we got to let you go tonight, but I want to ask you one more about sort of the vibe in the room for the Grammys, because We've talked a lot in this episode about uh, sort of the hip-hop takeover and, and what it means for the music industry. This Grammy Award show is at Madison Square Garden. It's in New York. It feels like that the culture has sort of taken this show over. Do you think uh, sort of the vibe in the room has a little deserved and, and, and much, much deserved uh, swagger in this process where you come in and say, finally, we're getting the respect that uh, we deserve for the music we make? Right. I, I think so. I think, you know, the Grammys has always been in question when it comes to the idea of what good music is or necessarily quality music. Right. And, you know, from the rap category, even if you look at the album of the year category, you have, you have Donald Glover's, um, Awaken My Love. You have Jay-Z's 444. You have Kendrick Lamar's Damn. You have Bruno Mars's album. I mean, that's pretty damn good, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's a quad, that's, quality music we're talking about and you know i think you know for a lot of times like again they, you know grammys is a lot gotten out of flack i've been the ones that give the grammy flack like come on y'all y'all know it's better records out this year than this i think that you know they really try to step up and really change the tide 
and really make sure that no matter if it is all black artists or if it is all urban artists or if it is all doesn't matter, we're just trying to put the best music out there. And I think that's what it is. But you know how the Grammys does, right? Like you'll have Lemonade up for an award and then you'll give it to Adele or you'll have Kendrick Lamar up for an award and then you're going to give it to Taylor Swift. So with with that being said, Fitz, are we going to see, because you guys mentioned four of the Album of the Year nominees, is the Grammy just going to totally like turn itself out and make it Lord with melodrama? Oh, my God. No, (laughs) no. It can't happen, right? right? It can't happen. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, hey, Hey, <laughs> Let, let's let's be honest though. Now, realistically, this year specifically, the records you mentioned not only are they great quality, they were also big commercial successes. So, no matter which right. side of the the coin you sit on on how you reward music, I think the Grammy has to acknowledge it's sort of like all the the worlds collided, and it gives hip hop particularly more momentum than I think it's had in mainstream ever because of those worlds colliding. That's why I think the Gram, even the Grammys, uh, you know, e- even we can't screw that up. That's that's how I look at it. I mean, I, I hope not. I mean, I, you know, I grew up in a time in the eighties and the nineties where music was, there was a difference between pop music and music being popular. It's, it's something different in that. And, and, you know, Madonna had, was a popular artist, but Madonna had great records. Mm-hmm. Like, let's not get this confused. Like, your most popular artist had great records. And sometimes I believe that people think that it's either you can't you can't have both anymore. If if the record is good and it's good quality, it's not popular because everybody doesn't want to hear it. And if the record is so popular, that means it's so watered down that it's not even good. But now we have both. We have popular music that's good. And and I'm happy that it's here. So with that, Period. I'm going to put you on the spot as we say goodbye to you. Who gets album of the year? And I know you want it to be damn because you yeah, on that album because right. you on that album. <laughs> but if you if you were putting yourself in the mind of the Grammys and the Grammy All voters, right. one of which is my co-host today, Jason Fitz, who is going to walk away with the hardware for album of the year? Woo. Man, why y'all do this? <laughs> <laughs> why? Um. Okay. I'm gonna put on two different hats. Okay. Okay. If I had my, if I had the, you know, my musical, way down musical like and genius hat on, all the way, I would say awaken my love because I love Parliament. I love Sly. I think it was a challenge. I think it was very bold for him to make that kind of record in this la- landscape and for songs that sound like that, that sounds like red bone for 15 year olds to sing a song that's completely funky right in this landscape that's that's that if i have my quote-unquote grammy hat on and you know if i have that hat on and i'm like okay which who am i choosing for album of the year because of where it is because of what he means to the city because of everything, and and without a doubt, I, you have to say four 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 because it was a landmark. He did it in his forties, which a lot of people don't think that rappers in their forties can make that kind of music and still be a success. That has a lot to do with it. I I think you know from that standpoint. 
but I, I said that. But my favorite out of all of them uh, is, is Damn. So, <laughs> hey, I did it. Hey. My favorite is Damn. My favorite album is Damn. So, for what, for so, what it's worth, it's, it's my favorite of those two. I and totally I think agree. I think that the the Grammys and their their you know they go where culture goes more often than not. And right now, Kendrick has such a cultural impact. I think that 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 that's why I think it's going to be Damn. And listen. If he doesn't get it for album of the year, there's always rap album of the year as well. So I feel like one of those categories is going to go to Kendrick Lamar. I wanted to shout out real quick. I have a few friends at ESPN. My man, Bamani Jones. Bo. That's my homie. Um, that's my man. Uh, Mike Smith and Jamel Hill. Those are my people. Yep. And, and, and last but not least, my man, John Butcher Gross. Bucci. No, 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 no. Um, We're not going to let that slide. Like, what's it take to be your guy, Nine? Like, I mean, you. How do I I get to be a Bucci, Nine? You know, like, I mean, what happens is, you know, I I watch ESPN every night. You know, I I fall asleep to it. I wake up to it. You know, and sometimes, you know, different, you know, whether it be a sportscaster or a personality, whatever, they'll reach out and say, hey, you know, I love the music. I support the music. Keep doing what you're doing, and I and I truly appreciate that. Man. And those are some of the people that have. Um, well, next that, time you come up to Wally, Ellen, I will bribe you to. though. Like next time you come up to Bristol, you're in command. Oh wait a minute, Fitz. No, no, no. Not next time you come. Up. Expect me to slide up on your DM oh, tomorrow yeah, 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 and yeah, be yeah. like, "Hey, ninth, I love your music. <laughs> yeah. I want to be your to guy." Bristol, and I've never been. I haven't been to Bristol once, which is crazy. Well, so a, we'll fix we that. Can change that. B, when you come up to Connecticut, nice steak dinner on uh, it's on L and me, yeah. mostly L, but but <laughs> okay. on L and me, yeah. Cool. Cool. Thank hey, you. We appreciate. It. Hey, good luck to uh, the Grammy Awards, January twenty eighth, um, and uh, good luck. I hope you win. I yeah. do. We're rooting for you, man. Yeah. Thanks, man. And go Duke basketball. Hey. Oh no, 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 the we're not. Dukies. All right, no, we're, we're gonna cut that out. We're gonna cut that out. No, that's God.